Arabic. My old auntie liked to call it Ododo because it grew wild and dense like Ododo grass. Just before leaving, I'd rolled my plaited hair with fresh, sweet-smelling Ojize I'd made specifically for this trip. Who knew what I looked like to these people who didn't know my people so well? A woman leaned away from me as I passed, her face pinched as if she smelled something foul. Sorry, I whispered, watching my feet and trying to ignore the stares of almost everyone in the shuttle. Still, I couldn't help glancing around. Two girls, who might have been a few years older than me, covered their mouths with hands so pale that they looked untouched by the sun. Everyone looked as if the sun was his or her enemy. I was the only himba on the shuttle. I quickly found and moved to a seat. The shuttle was one of the new sleek models that looked like the bullets my teachers used to calculate ballistic coefficients during my A-levels when I was growing up. These ones glided fast over land using a combination of air current, magnetic fields and exponential energy. An easy craft to build if you had the equipment and the time. It was also a nice vehicle for hot desert terrain, where the roads leading out of town were terribly maintained. My people didn't like to leave the homeland. I sat in the back so I could look out the large window. I could see the lights from my father's astrolabe shop and the sandstorm analyzer my brother had built at the top of the route. That's what we called my parents' big, big house. Six generations of my family had lived there. It was the oldest house in my village, maybe the oldest in the city. It was made of stone and concrete, cool in the night, hot in the day, and it was patched with solar planes and covered with bioluminescent plants that liked to stop glowing just before sunrise. My bedroom was at the top of the house. The shuttle began to move, and I stared until I couldn't see it any more. What am I doing? I whispered. An hour and a half later, the shuttle arrived at the launch port. I was the last off, which was good because the sight of the launch port overwhelmed me so much that all I could do for several moments was stand there. I was wearing a long red skirt, one that was silky like water, a light orange wind top that was stiff and durable, thin leather sandals, and my anklets. No one around me wore such an outfit. All I saw were light flowing garments and veils. Not one woman's ankles were exposed, let alone jingling with steel anklets. I breathed through my mouth and felt my face grow hot. Stupid, 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 I whispered. We Himba don't travel, we stay put. Our ancestral land is life. Move away from it and you diminish. We even cover our bodies with it. Ujize is red land. Here in the launch port, most were Kush and a few other non-Himba. Here I was an outsider. I was outside. What was I thinking? I whispered. I was sixteen years old and had never been beyond my city, let alone near a launch station. I was by myself, and I had just left my family. 
my prospects of marriage had been one hundred percent, and now they would be zero. No man wanted a woman who'd run away. However, beyond my prospects of normal life being ruined, I had scored so high on the planetary exams in mathematics that the Umza University had not only admitted me, but promised to pay for whatever I needed in order to attend. No matter what choice I made, I was never going to have a normal life, really. I looked around and immediately knew what to do next. I walked to the help desk. The travel security officer scanned my astrolabe, a full deep scan. Dizzy with shock, I shut my eyes and breathed through my mouth to steady myself. Just to leave the planet, I had to give them access to my entire.